Hello, and welcome to another episode of Quilt Buzz, the podcast featuring your favorite folks from across the quiltiverse. I'm Amanda of Broadcloth Studio, and I'm joined by Wendy, the weekend quilter. Hey. And our special guest, the Katie of So Spicious. Hello. Now, before we jump into all our quilty fun today, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, I can. Hi, my name is Vikedi Plybon. I am the creator behind Suspicious, which is an online quilt and quilt pattern shop. I live in NYC with my husband and a two-year-old daughter. I was born and raised in the Dominican Republic, but I've called NYC or New York City home for the last 19 years. So at this point, I lived here longer than I did at the, in the Dominican Republic. Um, and I'm a high school teacher. I've been teaching for 12 years now. And what do you teach? I teach Spanish, um, mostly to native language speakers or heritage language speakers. That's really cool. So you're basically a New Yorker who's been here for like 19 years. I am, yes. Yeah. You can say that now. Yeah. Wendy, do you feel like a New Yorker yet? Um, kind <laughs> of. But don't they say that you have to be living in the city for 10 years in order to be deemed as a New Yorker? Wait, who, who's who making up that? these rules? Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, oh, no, no. But I do feel like I, uh, I kind of, I don't know. Anyway, um, so not about me, but now on to the Katie. So to kick things off, we're wanting to know, what's the story behind your Instagram handle, Suspicious? So Suspicious was born with my friend Morgan and I. We started quilting together. And every Monday night, we used to get together just to watch The Bachelor and drink wine. And we had already started quilting at that point, and we were posting in our personal Instagram accounts. So we decided to do one together and we were just running through a list of names and nothing was working, nothing was clicking. And one of our friends was talking about how the lead of the show was very suspicious. And we we're like, oh, that's the one. Um, and like the light bulbs turned on and it clicked and that's the name. That's where Suspicious was born. Which lead was this? Which season I met? <laughs> I want to say it was the Ben Higgins season, but I I don't remember exactly because, you know, pandemic and it's a whole different world and memory ago. It's like a total black hole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I know the Ben's Higgins season, season was way before the pandemic. It was a while ago. And how did you start quilting? I started quilting with, it was a New Year's resolution in 2018, 2017 to 2018. I had bought a machine for my mom. Um, she used to have a treadle in the Dominican Republic for her business. Eight out of like 12 hours that we were awake during the day, there was never electricity. So she had the machine to keep her business going. And I went to Thailand on vacation in 2017. When I came back, somebody had posted on my Facebook group that there was a machine that they were selling for super cheap and somebody wanted it, they can go get it. And it looked like my mother's machine back in the Dominican Republic. So I bought it for her. Uh, to re I fixed it. I looked up on YouTube how to oil it and make it run. And I gave it to her. And she said, no, you can keep it. I have way too many. And so that's when I started actually using it because now I have a machine in my house. And I started doing garments. And I don't remember. I think I was looking online 
on um, like a the singer featherweight is considered like the perfect quilters machine. And I didn't know what a quilter was. I was like, what is that? And so I started looking it up and I discovered quilting and decided to to try it out. That's so cool. So you you ended up, did you up starting to quilt on the treadle machine? No. So the machine okay. itself was not a treadle. It was a Singer 99, but it looked ah, okay, gotcha, like gotcha. the one my mother had in the Dominican Republic. I mean, I'm in New York City. I don't have space for a treadle in my house. I was going to ask him, like, <laughs> tell us your secrets. <laughs> no. Um, so it looked a lot like hers. And that's why I bought it, because it reminded me of that machine she used to have. And what sort of business did your mom run? Was it like a tailor shop or was it like a garment uh, sort of manufacturing shop that she she ran? It was a little bit of both. She studied fashion design in the Dominican Republic. She had a business where she would make custom clothes for people or she would work with like a company. Everybody had to wear the same uniform, so she would make uniforms for everybody. So she had a little bit of everything, tailoring and custom clothing and manufacturing big for companies and schools. Um, she used to make a lot of uniforms for teachers in schools. Do you find that your family history, um, we know that you're actually a fourth generation sewist, so it goes back beyond your mom. Do you find that that history impacts your quilting at all? I want to say it does, but in the opposite way of how I saw my mom do it, which means it consumed her life. Like this was her business and there was never any separation between home life and work life. And I don't want that for me and my daughter. I don't want her to remember me always just working. I want her to know, you know, there's a separation and a difference between mommy's hobby and what mommy does for a living and when she's spending time with you. So I try to learn, like, you know, my daughter's awake. This is my time to be with her this, turn it off and do something else. It's so hard to turn things off. I think these days, I don't know if it's just like, whether it's cell phones or hobbies or like anything like that, like really creating not even just work-life balance, but just having clearer cut boundaries is something that's so tricky. Mm -hmm. But I also want her to see me doing it and enjoying it and doing something for myself. So I really find it hard to find the the separation between the two. I want her to know, you know, I'm here for you. And this is not what I do all the time, but I also want her to see me doing it. So it's just, it's so hard to find that in between. Does she try to help out sewing? Yes. She likes to um, press the automatic cutter, thread cutter when I'm sewing in the middle of the seam. She will come and touch button because she loves buttons. I tr- I do... Um, press fabric or starch fabric when she's around and she has a little play iron and she does her own iron yeah that's so cute (laughs) it's adorable I do it on my kitchen counter and she has a learning tower so she gets on it and you know we're at the same height just talking to each other and pretending to press or starch fabric together Oh my God, that is so cute. And I love how she's involved in some of the steps in the quilting process. Mm-hmm. Like a little quilter in the making. <laughs> yes, she has her own little water bottle and she pretends to spray. Oh my God, that's too cute. <laughs> yes, it's adorable. So you mentioned that you started to quilt in 2018 with your friend Morgan and it was part of a New Year's resolution. Can you tell us what the resolution was and like how that played out? It was... Um, I want to, I want to learn how to quilt and let's quilt. Uh, we bought the same quilt kit from Craftsy. I remember it was the matchstick quilt kit. 
Um, and it was the exact same one, same, same colors and everything. And we just started doing it together and figuring it out together. Mm-hmm. And like you went to each other's homes with a sewing machine and then you just sewed together. Yes. So we will take turns. Um, if my husband was working from home or my apartment was available, then she would come over to my place or our husbands are really good friends. So if we will be spending time with each other's spouses, we would be sewing and they would be playing Dungeons and Dragons or something like that. Oh my God. That's crazy. That's so cool. <laughs> yes. And so how did it go from, how did quilting go from being, you know, a New Year's resolution to being a, a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess a passion. I discovered that I really, really liked it. Um, there's so many different things that I can do with sewing or with, with quilting. It's an outlet for me. I did not know I had this passion, didn't stumble on it until my late twenties. So I started doing it and I really, really liked it. I bought a bunch of quilt kits um, that I still have <laughs> and I have not used. And yeah, I just, I caught the bug and I never stopped. Going back a little bit in time. So how did you and Morgan meet actually? Um, she, we used to work together at the same school. She was the biology teacher for um, ninth grade. And then we became work wives. Then we became best friends. And now she's my life. She's my person besides my husband. And is she still involved with Suspicious? She's not. So she now has her own page. She does. It's called Morgan Makes. Um, and she does really amazing handwriting, but free motion quilted. So she'll write like a song lyric or a note or she'll make a quilt and dedicate it to a person or a baby and write the name, but hand motion quilted on her vintage sewing machine. It's really amazing. It's really cool to see. So we still share the passion for sewing, but we have very distinct styles and different interests within quilting itself. So she has her own and now I do my own thing. So from that first craftsy matchstick quilting uh, course that you picked up, um, can you describe like how that evolved into your style today? I feel like that matchstick quilt what attracted me the most to it, it was a very um, geometric, bright colors pattern, quilt pattern. And I really, it calls to me. That's what I really, really like when I'm quilting. And so, yeah, that's, I feel like I liked it a lot because it's very organized. The colors are very cohesive together. And it's, I really like that in quilting. That's what I, that's what I do. So you talked about earlier that how that first quilt kit within you have all the colors that kind of spark oh, that kind of like you know sparks your quilting style you know what inspires you in your quilting I want to say there's not one thing that inspires me I want to say that I take a little bit of insp- inspiration from you know my world what's around me um my daughter nature my daughter's books books are really amazing to find color combinations and the abstract images in the books um, travel, architecture, you know, just a little bit of everything. Yeah. And so, you, um, from that original course, now you're actually offering your own PDF patterns as well as custom made rainbow quilts. Can you share what's on the quilting horizon for Suspicious? In the horizon there, I see in my magic ball, I see many, many patterns coming. Um, I have about eight that I wrote. And 
no, I didn't write them. I designed them in December. Um, I just like had this, I sat down and I was like, I want to make this pattern. I want to make that pattern. I want to make this pattern. So I just designed a bunch of things that I want to make. Um, and I've been slowly writing them. And yeah, there's a lot more patterns coming your way. So you've got a pipeline of designs that you're slowly chipping away at designing the actual patterns. Can you tell us what we can expect to see in these patterns? Are they kind of like a series or are they built in a series or are they, you know, a lot of different types of techniques and things that uh, folks can expect? There are a lot of different types of techniques right now because I want to try different things. Like I know I know how to make a strip quilt. I want to try my hand at curves. I want to try my hand at other different, you know, quilting or pattern designing methods that is not just, it's not just one style yet. I feel like I'm slowly finding my way to a defined style for me. I was going to say, it must be so interesting. So you're, you're taking the opportunity to challenge yourself to learn new techniques and then translate that in for future other people to learn from. How is it, you know, as an adult beginner, you know, are there different struggles or are there things that you're really excited about? I think of it as learning a new language. I learned English when I was 15, 16 years old, and I feel like I'm still learning. I haven't really mastered it yet. And it's the same thing with quilting, right? I can have a conversation. I can... I can sew different or basic things, but if I want to get better at it or want to grow my repertoire of skills, I have to practice it and I have to do it more and more and more. And I figure that if I'm writing a pattern that has a skill that I haven't truly mastered yet, I have to become the master so I can teach it to somebody else. And so in writing, I can break down the steps in the way that I, as a teacher, that I know needs to be broken down so that a student can learn it. So I'm trying to transfer that into my pattern writing and into my, um, the patterns that I write. Yeah. Is there a particular quilting technique that really excites you or you're really interested in tackling? That I'm really interested in tackling. I really want to do curves. I don't have a pattern with curves. I have made a few and I really enjoy the process. So yeah, that's, that's, I want to do something with curves, a lot of curves, curves everywhere. Oh, I can't I, wait to see that. <laughs> to wear a seatbelt because, you know, tight oh, curves. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> so how do you balance, you know, quilting time, writing quilt patterns uh, with working and of course your family? I find that there's no balance, right? It's like we're juggling multiple balls in the air and trying to keep them up in the air at the same time, but there's one that has to be constantly up and that's my family. Um, so that's the one where I keep, you know, in the air and everything else kind of like moves around or juggles or like priority here. Working, of course, is my priority teaching, but there's no balance, little sleep, but that's not healthy. So don't do that. <laughs> Now, you mentioned earlier that you, um, that first sewing machine that kind of kickstarted this whole journey or this most recent journey is uh, you repaired it. Now, do you still repair machines or is that something that has fallen by the wayside? That has fallen off a cliff and is really, really far down because um, it's hard to keep a mani intact when you're <laughs> dealing with oil and grease in a sewing machine. And I just don't have the time and the space to store them in my house either 
Um, so I figured, you know, I want to do, a friend told me once, the more sewing machines you have, the less time you have for sewing. And it makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So I've decided uh, to offload a bunch of my machines. I fixed them. I gave them away. Some I sold. And I just have a few that I keep at home. And those are the ones that I use all the time. Um, and, you know, when you're talking about like vintage sewing machines, like do you have like a particular place that you'd normally look at or any sort of suggestions or recommendations if someone's in the market for it? I enjoy going to antique shops and vintage shops or thrift shops. Also, Goodwill is a good place to find machines. And Goodwill has a website where you can bid online for machines as well. Um, Yeah. Just check your garage's Facebook marketplace. You can find so many different things on Facebook marketplace. And the last place is on Facebook, your local Buy Nothing group. I am a huge advocate of the Buy Nothing groups because there's so many resources and so many things that we have and people need or we don't need and are just taking up space. Um, So, yeah, that's a great place to find. I know pricing can be a subjective thing when it comes to secondhand goods. Um, And I'm sure like in particular with like vintage machines, but like what is deemed as a good deal? Like if, if I'm like, and, and, I know I'm going a little bit off course, but um, like, would I be like, would it say hypothetically a thousand dollars? Would that be like a massive ripoff if I'm like, that's a ripoff now? Like, like what is like the maximum that I should be paying for a vintage machine? Is my question. Do you have a specific machine in mind? Is this in your cart somewhere? I just want to know, like, how do you know that you're getting ripped off? Because vintage values, they're worth as much value as you put into it or as much as you want to pay. Right. Some people will try to rip you off and say they have this super rare machine and it's not. It's like a massively produced machine that people have at home. So don't get ripped off by people. Just ask your friends if you have a specific machine. I can let you know. <laughs> so I should like message you and with a list. If I see a listing and I'm like, the Katie, what, am I seeing any red flags there? <laughs> Just like, <laughs> yes, message me and I got you. I'll let you know cool. if it's a really good deal or if she just has. So, so as of the time of our recording, you recently announced that you are part of this year's uh, Socialite program with Art Gallery Fabrics. Uh, can you share, actually, let me mention, along with Wendy, um, can you share any of the fun projects that you have lined up on the horizon with us for them? Um, we are planning a bunch of fun things, but first of all, somebody pinch me because I think I'm still asleep and this is a dream and... I didn't know this was happening. I mean, I know this was happening because this has been like we've known for so many months, but we haven't been able to say anything. And now that it's here, like, is this actually really happening? <laughs> they picked me. Me? Okay. They picked you for a reason. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. You know, I'm just trying to turn my patterns out and capitalize on the moment, the momentum, you know? But yeah, I don't know that I have anything specifically planned yet. I go by the 
seat of my pants. Is that the... Katie, you forgot to mention that as part of the Socialite program, you had the opportunity to put together a curated fabric bundle. Oh, that's right. Okay, okay. You're missing out on the opportunity. Oh, that's right. Okay. I think you know, the excitement. I don't know. This is actually happening. I know. Well, happening. I mean, I think it's the excitement because we actually are recording this episode on the day that you know AGF officially announced that we are socialites. Um, so it is really exciting. But, but Katie, could you tell us more about the Fat Quarter Bundle that you put together for this program? Yes, I I put together a nice little bundle. It's called Alegria. And it's a bundle of a nice rainbow-inspired, bright, happy colors. Alegria means happiness in Spanish. And the inspiration behind it comes from that feeling when you go back home and you feel like that welcoming and that warmth from your you know, family, friends, anybody that you left behind. And they just, everybody's embracing you like a warm quilt. Um, it's just that feeling like the colors are brighter. Everything is more vivid. Um, that's where my colors and the inspiration for my bundle comes from. And so with this bundle coming out, do you have any um, projects that you're going to be putting it to good use in? Yes, I actually put together a free pattern. It's called Rosalia, and it uses all 16 colors in my bundle, plus a little bit for background. So you don't have to really, you know, go too much out of your way. And it's a really exciting pattern and a bunch of HSTs and quarter squirrel triangles i had the chance to preview it and it's so beautiful it looks like stained glass it's really 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 nice <laughs> and then i guess th- so looking beyond uh this new free pattern release and the bundle uh do you have any other like fun personal fabric challenges that you're thinking of tackling this year i want to get rid of my my stash scrap pile you know I have bins and bins of scraps that I've kept since I started quilting. Like you can go in there and find something from my very first quilt. And I was saving them for something really special, but do I really need, or do I really have something really special coming? Like everything is really special, you know? Everything that we do and put so much time and effort into is really special. So yeah, that's my challenge is to get rid of my, my stash and my scraps and start fresh and new. I highly recommend selling scrap bags on feel good fibers. Mm. You know, yeah. You know what I've been doing? I've been taking it to my quilt guild, which by the way, Ooh. you're invited to come. Um, there is a scrap table and you just drop off your scraps, pick up what you want or you leave. You don't have to, it doesn't have to be an even exchange. If you just want to take, you take. If you just want to leave, you leave stuff. Um, so it's a nice, you know, it's not going to waste. It's not going to trash can. It's going somewhere that's going to be used. And what guild are you in in the city? The NYC Metro Mod Quilt Guild. And um, I didn't know my daughter goes to a daycare down the street. And there was this, you know, this couple, these parents that I've been talking to at the playground, you know, almost every day I was asking them about the daycare where they go. And they highly recommended it, put my daughter in there. The mom and I went together on a coffee date just to get to know each other because our daughters are going to the same place. And then a couple of weeks later, I was hanging out at the playground with the dad from that couple. And I was talking to somebody else and I mentioned that I quilt. And he goes, my wife is a quilter. How come this never came up? My mother's a quilter. <laughs> and then she invited me to the quilt guild 
uh, to a meeting in the fall. And I really, I feel really welcome there. And I feel it's like a really open group and everybody's happy to cheer each other on and push each other. Um, there's a lot of charity quilts. Oh, cool. There's this one charity that they support in Honduras. With, it's an orphanage for girls. Um, and so we're collecting and making quilts to donate to this orphanage. It's a oh, really, that's really cool. Yeah, it's a really yeah. cool place. I didn't think I would like go into a quilt guild. But I really do. I enjoy being in the community and getting to know other people that love the same, you know, hobby we do. That's so funny that you guys, you know, it took so long for it to finally come out. <laughs> you were quilters. I know. Like, why do we keep it secret? If we enjoy it, we should just tell yeah. everybody, you know, yell it. I'm a quilter. <laughs> Out of your fire escape because there's no balconies. <laughs> So uh, you recently shared a FPP banner that reads Long Live the Manny. Can you tell us the story behind this project? Yes, I am. I am a huge advocate of doing self-love. And for me, going or doing self-love to me, that sounds weird. Anyways, a huge self, <laughs> form of self-love for me is going to get a manicure. I love my nail artist. She's amazing. Um, her name is Amy, Amy V Nails. You check her out. Um, and she, during the pandemic, the New York Times wrote an article, someone in the New York Times wrote an article declaring that the nail industry and the manicure industry was dead. And this was her response to that article, you know, saying nail artists are here. This is just a moment we're going to move past this pandemic. And I made that banner as a gift for her birthday in the fall because she did an enamel pin. Um, with that long live the Manny slogan. And I quoted that for her, just a little gift. That's so sweet. <laughs> so do you, the, do you, do you get a the, different design every time? Yes, um, I do. She's a, she's an artist, like she's amazing. Um, I do a different design every like month or so I go. It's like my second type of therapy, which is sit there and just, it's a ther therapeutic thing for me to sit there and just, let it all out. And she tells me all, you know, what she's going through. And we just talk and connect. And she's become a close friend um, through our sessions. And on the topic of manicures, how do you keep your nails uh, safe and fresh while you're sewing? I moisturize my hands and my cuticles a lot, very often. I do always end up losing three nails first, which is these three. And this is great for podcasting. Um, everything else lasts the month. Just it's great. It's amazing. And usually how long does one of your like manicure sessions take? Because I'm sure it would be quite a while. <laughs> yes. So it depends on the um, the work that I want to get done or what I want on my nails. A session can take from, I don't know, 30 minutes if it's something really simple to up to two hours. So it is time to move on to our rapid fire quilty questions. Are you ready, Vicati? I am. Okay, Wendy, why don't you kick us off? Righto. Okay. So, what is your favorite time of day to quilt? Nighttime. And where do you sew? In my dedicated sewing space. Uh, shoes while sewing? No, socks or barefoot. Uh, music, Netflix, podcasts, or the sounds of silence? Podcast or audiobooks. And do you have a current favorite? 
uh, podcast. My current favorite is uh, Higher Learning with Van Lathan and Rachel Lindsay. It's like a pop culture, politics, you know, podcast. It's pretty cool. And do you have a favorite traditional block? I like the courthouse steps. Solids or print fabrics? Solids. <laughs> and what sewing notion couldn't you live without? A seam ripper. Pressing preference to the dark side, open or whatever works. I am team open. And do you have a go-to long arm quilter? Yes, Orlando from Quiltisaurus. Shout out to him. (laughs) (laughs) You can listen to a previous episode about him. Machine or hand bind? Machine bind. Spray, pin, or thread-based? Spray. Pre-wash, always, sometimes, never? Never. And what is your favorite part of the quilting process? Piecing. And what's the least favorite part of the quilting process? Binding. And what is one bad quilting habit you wish you gave up? I put sewing pins in my mouth when I'm sewing, which is really bad. I'm terrified I'm going to swallow them one day. I like, know. Especially <laughs> so if someone like jumps out of nowhere and tries to scare you. Like that would be the so ghost bad. in my apartment. I, I once <laughs> lost a needle and I was convinced I swallowed it. I was oh, going to go no. to urgent care and get oh. an x-ray. But I found it. But I lost it and I didn't know where it went. And I really thought I had swallowed it. But I didn't. You need that, you need that thing that Amanda gave me. Um the zircle pin, magnetic pin thing. But I have, <laughs> I have one. You have one. It's faster if I just put it in my mouth real quick. You, know? but you could wave it um, around to your work area. I mean, are you going to wave it, it in front of your stomach thinking, is there a needle in there? <laughs> Where'd it go? It's an ultrasound? <laughs> you feel it, pink? <laughs> I did find that needle. I found it. I'm glad you did. It was not in my body. (laughs) I'm very glad that that was not in your body. (laughs) So glad. Anywho. Um, So who is your quality BFF? Morgan from Morgan Makes. And who is your quilty crush? Amber from Alderwood Studios. What's your favorite recent make? My sample for my Rosalia pattern. Um, every pattern to go with my bundle from ATF. And how many quilts are in your whip pile right now? Zero. <gasps> you have zero? Oh, zero. I can only work on one thing at a time. Good for you. Yeah, that's a very good habit. Because <laughs> I don't have any space to store anything. Yeah, no. I know, the New York City life. <laughs> um, and do you have any other interests? I am an avid reader. I'm part of a book club. I watch a lot of trashy TV. I think The Bachelor is my jam. You know, all the dating shows on Netflix. You and Wendy. (laughs) So before we wrap today up, we've got just one more question for you. And that's who are three accounts you think everyone should be following and why? Um, Yeah, so the first one is Lynette from Lynn's Avenue. She is an amazing designer and she has some really, really great um, curve designs or curve tutorials or patterns with curves. 
Um, she's just amazing. Deidre from Lila Bean Quilts. She's like a fellow pattern designer and she has a really good eye for low volume fabrics. And they're just beautiful. And do you guys know Mr. Larry? Oh, I recently started following him. He looks like so much fun. He's just like a, a f- ball of fun and just creativity and everything is just so bright and fun. And just watching his feet puts a smile on my face. And that's the kind of content I want to see on my feet every day. Yeah, we all need a little bit more of that, I think, these days. <laughs> yeah, he's um, great. Before we do our sign up, were there anything that you want to talk about or anything we missed? Um, you know, support people of color designing patterns and buy our patterns, please. <laughs> or books or, you know, what we're putting out there for you. Yeah. So on that note, it is time to wrap up and we hope that you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to contact any of us, we can most easily be found on our Instagram accounts. I'm at Broadcloth Studio, Wendy. I'm at the.weekendquilter. And Katie. I am at Sospicious. Or you can go to our podcast account at quilt.buzz or our website, quiltbuzzpodcast.com for our previous episodes and updates on upcoming guests. If you enjoyed today's show, we hope that you subscribe to the podcast and tell your quilty friends about us too. And if you have a moment to share what you love by writing a review on your podcast provider of choice, it would make our day. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye. 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 Hey! Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Tuesday! <laughs>